0: Hey everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but she is a match from Podmatch. She's an author, a teacher, a speaker, a publisher, a cosmetologist, and a mother of five. It's Stephanie Jordan. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for
1: having me. I'm so glad to be here.
0: That is a long list of things I I listed off. Is there anything else you'd like to say about yourself or you want to like give more details to any of those things?
1: Having five kids is probably one of the greatest gifts of my life. I did Mm -hmm. not want kids originally. And so God just knew um, what I needed better than I did. And I feel like they have given me the motivation to do all the other things and to like never quit dreaming. And that's just been a super amazing gift for me.
0: Mm. How, How old are your kids?
1: So my oldest is 22, a son, and then I have a daughter 18, and then a son 16, a daughter
0: 11, and a daughter 9. Oh man, that's all over the place. Are they all in the house with you still?
1: Uh, Just the younger four. The oldest is not here anymore.
0: And um, we were chatting a little bit before I hit record and you mentioned that you are from Alabama and that you've spent most of your life there. Um, What part of Alabama, like where in the state are you located? So
1: I'm in Birmingham, which used to be the largest city, but I I think Huntsville is beating us out now, but I'm central Alabama. And uh, yeah, I've been here all my life, except for a stint in New Orleans, which I love that town, but
0: um, it's hard to raise kids there. It's expensive. <laughs> Um, I've actually been to Huntsville and, and Birmingham. It's been a minute since I've, I've been there, but Birmingham is such a cool, like historically rich place. What do you love about living in Birmingham?
1: Birmingham is really a beautiful city. We have a lot of greenery and trees and we're actually on the foothills of the Appalachian mountains, which a lot of people don't realize that, mm-hmm. um, We have a lot of mountains and we are the only, um, area in the whole entire world that you can get everything naturally to make iron. And that's one reason we're called the magic city is because we, Birmingham basically like blew up overnight making iron. And so we have a really hit rich history of, of metal here and metal making and, um, and I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. I didn't realize that. I also like to your point, when I went, I, when I went to Alabama for a couple of times, um, I didn't realize that it was so mountainous and you would think that since the Appalachians, you know, are through it, that I would, I would know that, but I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. I don't think a lot of people do like, we have a lot of, um, a lot of mountains through throughout mountains and valleys. And so it's beautiful scenery here.
0: Is there anything else you wanted to share with us about your background before we get started?
1: I can talk a little bit about just how I came to know the Lord a little bit. I grew up in a Christian home, but, um, I'm a little bit, well, let me rephrase that. I'm a lot of a rebel at heart. Mm. And so throughout my teen years and stuff, I just, uh, Live for myself, live my own way. I was a Christian and a, uh, always a defender of the Lord because from a very young age, I just I knew that God and Jesus um, were very, very real. And I came into adulthood a hot mess and was had just been living for myself for so long. And then in this beautiful grace in my early 20s, God got a hold of me. Um, he gave me my calling to ministry at 19 years old in a dream. And I was like, uh-uh, you got the wrong person. I don't know you. I'm not living for your word. I just didn't really know how convincing God could be. <laughs> <laughs> and so in my early 20s, um, after the uh, proverb says, a foolish man will have a fill of himself. And after I had a fill of myself, God was like, okay, you know are you done with yourself yet? Because I have a better way. And so I would say I really became like fully a Christian in my early twenties and God's just taken me on the ride of my life. And uh, I just really come from the school of hard knocks and a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that has been such a beautiful, strong, and intense journey. And so I love being able to share the word of God with people. And you doing this podcast, I think, is just such a gift to the people listening and to those of us that get to join in. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. And I'm excited to talk about the um, scripture that you've chosen today. So we're going to be chatting today about Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and also verses 39 and 40. So I'm going to have you read that for us.
1: Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And then if you'll flip to the end of that chapter, 11:39 and 40, and all these things, And sorry, and all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect.
0: Okay, so I'm going to give a little context for our listeners of kind of what's going on and a little bit about the book of Hebrews, because we haven't done anything from. Hebrews yet, I don't think, which is surprising. It's one of my favorite letters. It's kind of contested over who has written. Some scholars say it's Paul, and it reads a lot like Paul's writing. But um, for some reason, this letter hasn't been confirmed, a Pauline letter like some of the other letters. Um, But it's one of my favorites. And the portion that you've chosen in chapter 11 is entitled Faith of the Ancients. And Paul is really writing, if it's Paul, (laughs) is writing... um, about the Jewish faith and and about how powerful that faith was. but as you write at the end there, that um, while the Jewish faith is so rich and we are grateful for it because our our faith is based off of that that um, that the Messiah has has come and that there is something more for us through him. So my first question for my guests is, um, why did you pick this passage, Stephanie?
1: I love the scripture so much. Um, If you ever want to get me screaming and like Mm -hmm. fired up like a crazy person, let me read Hebrews 11. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I picked it kind of because of what you were talking about just a second ago. First of all, it's, it's really the only chapter that just passionately nails what our faith does. Right. Mm -hmm. And it gives the very definition of faith at the beginning in verse one. And you know, the, the having the assurance of things hoped for is the very crux of our belief system as a Christian. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like to put That in writing in this way before he expounds on it is so powerful. But then having the conviction of things not seen is the journey of the believer. So you have Mm -hmm. this assurance that kind of gets you to the faith. And then you have this conviction of things you cannot see, which is like the propeller of our faith. And so the very beginning of this chapter just gives us so much meat to chew on. And then it just builds on top of that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Like when I think about my definition of faith, I often find myself referencing this verse, like the belief of things unseen. Um, What do you have? Do you have a definition of faith that you go to? Is this your definition of faith? Every time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one because it is it's like believing in something that we we know to be true, but yet we haven't seen all of these things. But I love how this chapter does refer to all of these things before that have come in the Old Testament throughout salvation history, like it references Abraham and the faith of Abraham and other things that the Jewish people have had to endure and go through. And when I'm in doubting and I don't know about you, but like when I'm doubting in my faith, like I go back to. The scriptures and like, okay, well, God did all these things for for um, the people of the Old Testament, and God has done all these things for me in my life. So when I'm doubting, I go back to those moments where I knew that He was working. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Like this is
1: this that's part of what fires me up about this chapter as a whole. But the beginning of this sets the stage for what is to come, and we know that we aren't excluded from this list that he lists afterward, Mm -hmm. right? We're included in the list. So that is all the more um, encouraging because like you said, when you get to the place of doubts, like, gosh, I'm in such a hard place. How is this going to work out? And then you go to Hebrews 11 or the end of Job and you, you get all this rich scripture about God and his majesty and his faithfulness. And it's encouraging to know that you too are included in that power.
0: Yeah, it really does. Like he lays it out, like um, in verse eight, I know we weren't going to talk about the whole chapter, but let's talk about the whole chapter because it's just yeah, girl. like, I'm <laughs> um, going yes. verse eight, Yeah. Like, he's talking about Abraham and how Abraham obeyed and kind of the story of him and then links him to Jacob and just kind of goes through all of the patriarchs. We get Moses in there and literally just verse after verse kind of gives us the, the salvation history um, with a focus on the patriarchs. Do you have any like favorite moments of this chapter that stand out from that like salvation history portion?
1: So I have in my own personal Bible, every time that by faith is said in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I used to have it numbered on um, a Bible study. I don't know if I still have it. I need to write it in here, but the fact that it's just repetitious and repetitious and Yeah, that it goes all the way back and all of these people pre-Jesus, right? They had Mm -hmm. faith pre-Christ and pre-having the Holy Spirit live inside of them and to know that they just had this strong faith in God and what he could do and then what he was able to do through them, even in their own weaknesses, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Jacob was a hot mess. (laughs) And he gave him the whole nation of Israel, right? Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, of all people out of the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's good news for us. I tell my, I'm I'm a teacher and I teach Old Testament. And when my students like learn about these guys, they're like, wait, what? Like God did all this for that person? Like David, we just finished. And you know david made some mistakes he, he wasn't perfect but like god treasured him because he had a heart for god and so yeah anyways i didn't want to cut it didn't mean to cut you off but just like yeah like it's good news for us that these guys you know were promised all these things and so just think of what god has promised us
1: yeah, I mean, exactly what you were saying. All, of all people out of the Bible, Jacob's the last person I probably would have picked to, to give the nation of Israel, right? I mean, he's a deceiver <laughs> and a liar and just like a hot mess, but by his faith, by Abraham's faith, and you see this build on generation to generation in, in these patriarchs and in the history and how that also operates for us today. Like when we have the faith to fight and to be generational breakers in our families and to honor the Lord in our families, how we can, how he will honor that. And we see that in this path, like this passage in particular, starting, you know, with the patriarchs.
0: Oh, I liked what you said about how we can be generational breakers. My family, we, I've been raised Catholic. My, the Catholicism goes deep. Like my family is like European immigrants, like brought it over. Like we're, we're deeply connected to that. And, um, and it's, I'm lucky and blessed that like, it is still like a part of my family's practice. Like we all um, still go to mass and we went to Catholic schools and everything. We could talk about faith, but I know that that's not everybody's, you know, situation. So I love that. Like you said that, like, you know, I, I interpreted to me what you said, um, Regardless of background, like we can we can bring the faith, or we can continue to pass on the faith. Do you want to say a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that is um, a beautiful gift. When I a lot today, I feel like in our culture, um, families don't have anything to stand on. Right? They mm. they just they watch TV and. TV is kind of the best that they have to stand on or accolades like a job. And there's not this like foundation of a root to that they can grow off of. And Mm -hmm. I feel like if if people have a root, a strong root that they can grow off of, then they flourish differently, not necessarily better than other people in like, that they are, you know, superior, but Mm -hmm. just that they have roots to hang on to so that when, cause life throws junk at you. Right. Mm -hmm. And like with your family, because you have that root, you can go to your family and there's something to grow off of. That is a common root Mm -hmm. where like my husband's family, they don't, they are not believers. They are not Christians. And so When there's trials and issues, there's not that common root in the family to really get like wisdom and guidance from. Mm -hmm. And so there's a contrasted difference in the way that they grow. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you have that good root in a family that has the stability of the Lord and a solid foundation in Christ, you have this ability to pass down to your kids and to your grandkids some wisdom and some strength that if you don't have that in your family there you don't you just don't have as much to pull from
0: and i just find in those tough moments like in moments of suffering or death like the whole beauty of the christian you know mystery is we have a christ we have a god who has suffered and died and then the hope of the resurrection so in those sad moments in my life and the life of my family members, we can all kind of go to that for our hope, which is a really beautiful thing. I guess I, my next question for you then based off what we've just kind of talked about, what would you say for people who are wanting to start that family route or that faith route? What would suggestions would you have for starting that?
1: So I think that probably the best way to start doing that is like, maybe just nighttime prayers together, like bedtime mm. prayers. Um, Especially if you have younger kids, because um, that's such an, it's such a sweet and simple thing, but it's also easily repetitive. Like Mm -hmm. very few people can like memorize scripture very easily. And to repeat the same scripture reading over and over and over again is nobody's really going to stick with that. Very easily, I don't think, unless you just happen to be one of those people that loves to like retain knowledge and you want to repetitively do scripture. Mm -hmm. But I think praying um, that God will begin to build that root with your family every single day because Mm -hmm. prayer is so intimate with the Lord. Like I refer to reading the Bible as like grill out time with God. That's like when you get to know God, but prayer is like that intimate time with God. And so if you just start out with praying to God every day with your family, like build a root in my family, Lord, that we can be oaks of righteousness for you, then you just start planting that seed and then God begins to water that seed and it starts growing without you really having to put the effort in to make the growth happen you're just at that point being obedient.
0: I think that's all so well said. I think all of us can relate to the value of routines that like at first it's, it's maybe difficult, but that they, and sometimes maybe go just go through the motions, but that they still bear fruit. And I always, when again, when I'm talking to my students or doing any kind of facilitation, like I compare it to working out, right? Like even if I'm not feeling it or I'm not like I don't know, wanting to do it, it's still going to produce fruit when I do it. And I think prayer is the same way um, that God, I like how you said, like, God is not going to look down on that or not, uh, you know, not honor that. Like if you were making the time with your family, I think that's so well said. I don't know if you want to respond to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. That is a perfect way to gain and begin those routines because Mm -hmm. it's just starting with the small steps. And Mm -hmm. if, if you do one small step, then, you know, you build to five small steps and then you just build and build and build. And, and of course you can add scripture in with those prayers. There's, um, there's prayer books you can get that could help you along. Um, You know, you could pick one chapter and, read it and then pray off of that. Um, like if you want to start with Hebrews 11 one and mm-hmm. just say, God, I need faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I need, I need to understand what this word even means. Reveal the word faith to me and what it means to you and start praying that with your family every day and God's going to honor that. Like, God, I'm trusting that this is the assurance of things that I'm hoping for. And the, you know, the conviction of what I can't see, Lord, I can't see you. I can't see Jesus. I can't see, you know, the Holy spirit. I can't see love. I can't see compassion. I can't see all these things, but God, I want it in my life. Mm -hmm. Then he's going to start just building that and revealing those things to you. And if you're doing it with your family, like as a whole, it just is all the more powerful. And you could repeat that exact same prayer. And eventually one day you're just going to have more to add to that. And and it's going to become like this dialogue between you and God, which is really what is the beauty of prayer, right? Is when there's a, uh, saying and a response, and a saying and a response, which is what what you're really desiring when it gets to prayer, and and so that's a great place to start is just building that routine, small step by small step.
0: And I, I like the suggestion of just starting with this chapter that we're talking about because it really does. It's a great primer for the you know the Old Testament. I'm drawn now to um, verse uh, 32. And I like how the author, the writer just says, what more shall I say? I have no, no time to tell of Gideon and Barack and Samson and Jephthah, like of David and Samuel. Like he mentions these guys that are all really important and like definitely go back and read about them. But I just love how he's like, I don't even have time to get to all these guys um, <laughs> yeah. like who conquered, who by faith. And I love how you pointed out earlier that the number of times the author points out like that by faith they did this, like through God through prayer, like they did this. Cause then again, he says in verse 33, like who by faith conquered kingdoms. Um, I don't know what what else would you like to say? Like what else jumps out to you from this chapter?
1: Yes, I have that whole whole section underlined because I love that. Like time would fail me. I can't even tell you (laughs) the mass Mm -hmm. amounts of amazing things that have happened purely by faith. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for us that are in like this modern day age that we're like, okay, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you, I asked God not too long ago. I said, God, why, why are we not seeing like the parting of the Red Sea and the walls of Jericho falling? And he said, because creation has to submit to me. The work, Mm -hmm. the miracle work I am doing today is in man's heart. Because we do not have to submit to God. He gave us Mm -hmm. free will. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that, that he is able to move in man's heart is absolutely stunning and incredible. I mean, if you think about how stubborn you are naturally and if somebody tells you something Mm -hmm. to do, your first thing is to rebuke, right? Like I'm not doing that. So to, for God to be able to get us into this place of submission, that we are willing to go by faith, to conquer kingdoms, perform acts of righteousness, shut the mouths of lions. Like we are like, (laughs) that's incredible, right? I mean, I'm not what willingly walking into a lion's den to defy (laughs) somebody, right? That's gotta Mm -hmm. be by faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this is just, such a beautiful, like today, the the way that our hearts are submitting to God and we are doing these same sort of things, and that and our story will be written the same way in the book of life is absolutely humbling and exciting. And I feel like there is no better, like we are in an exciting time as Christians, because the world is getting darker, which means our light gets to shine brighter and we do it by faith.
0: Uh, that's so well said. I'm I don't know, like if you're you're nerdy like me, like I studied scripture. And so I mentioned at the beginning of my intro that I've I've heard from different scholars, different priests that I studied with, like some say like, oh, Paul totally wrote this. And then but I'm reading this passage and having read like other letters um, attributed to Paul. This this chapter doesn't read like Paul to me, just like the repetition you mentioned. It's very poetic, like that little like those little funny moments of humor that we were pointing yes. out. Like I don't know. Yes. Like to me, it, it gives a different vibe. Do you guys do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I agree. I don't think that this is the Paul written written mm-hmm. letter. I think, mm-hmm. first of all, Paul has a way of typically um kind of chastising a little bit, which mm-hmm. I appreciate in a lot of ways, <laughs> but but this chapter in particular is kind of a cheerlead, like it's a total hoorah, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um and I do think it has a poetic sense as well as like some some strong compassionate side. And I really see this to be a cheerleading sort of letter. And so I, I would agree. I would question whether this was a Paul letter as well, but you know what, if he was just feeling overly nice Mm -hmm. and super cheerleader, he might've been able to pull this off.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I mean, I, I just, that stuff's interesting and of note and things to think about, but the truth is the truth. And I, you know, it doesn't really matter to me too much how it gets handed on, you know, necessarily, but it just, I find it interesting, like the the historic part, but
1: well, it's funny that you say that Um I launched a church this last year called the garbage can. And that's what we do is mm-hmm. we answer the questions who, what, when, where, why, and how for scripture, because I believe that those um, questions are really important. And so it mm-hmm. has taught me to like dig in, like there's questions about what, when, um some of John was written. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't talk about that sort of stuff if we're not looking into it. So yeah, I love that.
0: Okay, good. I didn't want to like throw you off and be like, why is this girl talking about if Paul wrote it or not? Like, what difference does it make? But I just I just think yeah, it's interesting it. and of note. Yeah, I mean. Um, so, but I wanted to, before we wrap up, like, I want to give you a chance to like, what are your big takeaways that you want to leave us with about this verse in this chapter?
1: So I want to touch on 39 and and 40 really fast because it says all these having gained approval through their faith, they did not receive, receive what was promised because apart from us, they would not be made perfect. And so it, hold fast to your faith because even if you're not seeing it play out on this side of heaven does not mean that god doesn't honor those seeds planted you may not see that kid come to know the lord that you've been praying for, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen. And you may not see the fruit of what you're developing in generations to come, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. And I love that this, the the chapter starts with the explanation and it ends with a keep pressing on, because even though all these people didn't get to see everything that was promised, God still is making it happen with our stories too. Who knows if you're in the lineage of one of these people and God is still plucking out their seeds off this fruit tree from all of those years ago because without their faith, your story wouldn't be perfect either.
0: Oh, that's so well said. I love that so much. I'm glad that you brought us back to, I like how you started us off um, with the first couple of verses. And then again, this chapter just wraps up so beautifully. Again, that's, Paul's just kind of all over the place. Like he's known for his run on sentences, which I can relate to. I kind of, am a stream of consciousness sometimes, <laughs> but I love how this is so well written. Like it's so well structured, this chapter, right? Like it introduces what the definition yes. of faith is. And I love how you brought us back to, I mean, that is what our faith is. We pray and we don't know what the results of our prayer might be, but we'd have to have the faith that God is going to take care of that in his own time. And I know that's hard to hear and people say it all the time. And it sounds like, ugh. okay, you have to say that. But but then you have the proof of all these people in salvation history that didn't get to see the Messiah, but still did what God asked them to do in the hopes that the world would see the Messiah, you know?
1: Yes. I'll give, you, I'll give you a perf, perfect example in my own life. Um, my late husband in December of uh, 2014, no, excuse me, in June of 2014, he started praying over me every night that God would heal the broken little girl inside of me. He died in December of 2014, and about eight months later, God started the process of healing things from my past and from my childhood. And we just crested the nine year um, anniversary of his death in December. And this Mm -hmm. past December, God did so much incredible healing work for me for stuff in my childhood that my, that my mind is totally blown. So here we are nine years later after my late husband started praying that in June of 2014. And God is still answering that prayer in me. And Jay's not even here to see it.
0: And we know that we believe by faith, though, that he is. But I, I totally see what you, I, I totally that's beautiful that. Um, and I'm so I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, I'm so glad, though, that you're able to see the fruits of his his prayers. And I hope that you feel I'm sure you feel him still too with you.
1: I do. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's such Mm -hmm. a cool thing to, it's my own kind of faith story. You could put that in here, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Add it on to the end for sure. And it'll continue. And, and stories like that um, give us hope. And I love how like the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, they're all linked. And I feel like your story reflects that, that there's the, his faith, um, and then, and then now you have the hope and it's the love as well. That was, you know, between you that brought all of yeah. that. So, uh, this is so beautiful. I, 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 we could totally continue to talk forever, but I want to give you a chance to plug. You said you have so many things in your bio, you're a publisher, <laughs> an author, a teacher, a speaker, you started a church. So, um, tell us more about what you're, what you're doing and where we can find more information. Okay. So
1: my website is thestephaniejordan.com. And if you're looking for speakers, pop me an email, please. Um, I'm just kind of beginning to launch out um, like speaking, traveling. Um, I'm just kind of resurfacing to a point in my life where I could travel to do that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I teach every week. We have a public Facebook group called the garbage can, and you can join. I don't post out every single teaching every week because we really want people to be engaged and involved in person, but you can see my teachings there. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I do Twitter some X now sometimes and LinkedIn sometimes I'm not great with those, but all of it is the Stephanie Jordan. So if you just look me up, you'll find me.
0: I do have to ask, what is the significance and meaning behind the garbage can and that title? Oh,
1: that's funny. Okay. So it, it's totally not anything uber profound. I saw a <laughs> meme um, of Oscar the Grouch hanging out of a garbage can, and it says it's called the garbage can, not the garbage can't. Ah. And I was like, I'm going to name a church that one day. And so, what we say is if you are garbage, if you have ever been treated like garbage, or if you have ever felt like garbage, we are for you.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, well, I, you mentioned X and/or Twitter or whatever. I'm also on <laughs> X and Twitter. And um, you can find me there at Ms. Struckley1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And that's where I tweet about what I'm doing in my classroom and my religious education uh, materials. And activities. And you can also find me on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. If you'd like to be a guest, um, you can message me and I'd love to chat with you. But Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for sharing this beautiful passage with us.
1: Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking with you so much.
0: Bye everyone.